Hi, my name is Flip Awesome Aguilera, and welcome to Wait, the show where I find interesting people just like you and discover what's going on between their ears. Now, let's get to know one another. What's going on, everybody? This is Flip Aguilera, and thank you for spending your time with me. I want to start with the mantra of the day. So here we are. If a problem is fixable, if a situation is such that you can do something about it, then there is no need to worry. If it's not fixable, then there is no help in worrying. There is no benefit in worrying whatsoever. I got that one from uh, reading the Twitter feed of the Dalai Lama. And, you know, it hit me so much that I wrote it down. And now I'm here sharing it with you. My guest of the day, Craig, Craig Wadding. So I need to learn how to speak first. So yes. I'm here with Craig Wadding, which is uh, somebody I met through Career Karma, which is uh, an app where they try to help people learn how to code and they try to help you find jobs. And it, it's a whole bunch of cool stuff. And I'm pretty sure that Craig is an interesting person. Craig, thank you for spending your time with me. Yeah, you're and, welcome. Uh, get into uh, who you are, what you stand for things like that. So who are you, Craig Wadding? I am Craig, also known as Chris sometimes, Wadding. Also go by Greg sometimes. I, uh, boy, uh, who am I, right? Uh, Currently, um, I work as a career coach uh, for Career Karma, a community. They have an app and a website now that help people who want to break into tech. People that otherwise didn't think they'd ever have a chance to get a better job you know, in technology, whether it be cybersecurity or software engineering, or in a nutshell, that application uh, is a community for people to help one another, support one another. And also if someone is looking at going to possibly like a coding, uh, online coding bootcamp experience, passing on the experience to, to, to the next person to try to help them see how they can open doors to better themselves, more or less. And that network of people the community and the things you can discover there. Uh, it's just very helpful if, if, if it's a good fit for what you're looking for. So I currently work there uh, part-time because I am myself attending an online coding bootcamp for software engineering right now too. So it's been a part-time, part-time job for me to do while I'm doing school. And it works pretty hand in hand with what I'm already experiencing with school because when I'm doing my job during the week, I'm also dealing with people who are in the same uh, genre and are having a lot of the same issues that I have, uh, personal study habits, time management, struggles, learning how to learn, things like that. So it's currently what I'm working on. I have a background in a few other things. I was a locksmith for many years. A lot of people usually think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that does sound Um, interesting. Yeah, I was a locksmith for probably over 12 years. Uh, I worked for AT&T for the phone company for about five years. I worked for Time Warner for several years. I've done a couple other things, mostly all either technical related customer service. I'm used to talking to people and dealing with customers and people and fixing problems and troubleshooting. Learning to do software engineering for me, uh, I already had the interest in technology. I'm not afraid to meet new people and and put myself out there, out of my comfort range, things like that. I'm not married. I don't have kids. I'm 47 years old. I'm the youngest of five. I watched my brothers and my sisters and my parents uh, all my life, marriages and relationships and divorces and remarriages and all that stuff. And I guess somewhere, somewhere along the way, I just kept my head down. 
<clears throat> but now I find myself, <clears throat> you know, closing in on 50 and uh, it has its pros and cons, yeah. you know. Well, we'll dig um, into that a little bit. We want yeah. to hear about all that interesting mm -hmm. stuff because, uh, you know, part of the premise of this show is that I believe or I have the faith that each person, each individual has something to teach and has something of value to give to others. Like, not that I wouldn't love to interview celebrities, what I like to call the everyday heroes, the everyday people going through the everyday struggle. We have a lot more to teach each other if we just sit down and start to listen to all mm -hmm. the things that we have to each other or for each other. I will then begin with what this show stands for, which is WEIGHT, right? W-E-Y-T. So out of all those things that you just mentioned, what's engaging your thoughts the most? Probably with this process of me, uh, you know, at my age, trying to start over uh, all the things going on in the world right now with, uh, you know, quarantines and social distancing and things like that. Right now, a lot of people probably uncertainty of what's to come, my own issues with, um, you know, fighting my own demons with, you know, procrastination things to fight internal things. Mine personally, what weighs on me a lot is I have a hard time saying no. And I find myself spending a lot of my own, my free time or even uh, time that I've uh, allocated for like studying for my own uh, needs. I find myself diverted, my attention distracted when someone else asks for help. I don't know why for some reason I'm, I'm, I freely, a lot of times will throw myself out there to, to help someone when I know I've got my own things that I need to be doing. And then I find myself kind of behind on my own stuff, but I can't really blame myself because I feel like, yeah, but I was helping somebody. So it's not like I was out gambling or yeah. sleeping in or something that I didn't get my stuff done. It was because I, I diverted that energy and that attention to assist someone else. And, and for some reason, I don't know, you know, I just, I guess I just had an epiphany on this right now when you asked me, but I get more enjoyment helping someone else than helping myself. Does that sound weird? But that's what it feels like. It's like fulfilling my own goals and plans and things like that have their own rewards. But for some reason, if I help someone and I see their look on their face or hear it in their voice, they're like, oh man, thank you so much. You know, hey, you're, you're the man or whatever, you know, like I appreciate this so much because for, part of it makes me feel like a phony, hmm. to be honest. Interesting. Because that person like I can think of one, one guy I know right now, he's a really good kid. He's going through, through, through coding bootcamp and I've helped him a couple of times just to figure out why he was stuck. And in his mind, I'm like the guru, right? Like, Oh man, you got me past this. You must know everything. It's like the more compliments instead of me just taking the compliments and the appreciation, I feel like, man, this guy doesn't understand. I do not, I do not, I'm not as good at this as he thinks I am. Right. So, um, I think a lot of it is just that that imposter syndrome and that self-doubt and wanting to be good at something, but not really having a way to gauge how good you are at it yet and not really knowing, am I worthy of giving advice for this? Do I really know enough to give advice? Am I, am I making a fool of myself? Because other people that know more than me, if they hear me give advice, they, they realize I don't know as much as this other person I'm helping knows, right? I would say the main thing that I stress over every day uh, a lot of times is okay, I, I, I plan on getting more schoolwork done this week and I didn't. What was I doing this week? Okay, I was working, but also I did this or I did that. I spent too much time with the community doing things. 
and not to say I don't think all that's important, but I feel like kind of like the analogy of if you're on an airplane and the uh, mask dropped from the yeah. ceiling, you have to put it on yourself before you can help the person next to you, right? And it sounds selfish, but at the same time, it makes sense. Because at the end of the day, if you can't physically function, you can't help anybody else. So it's not going to help me any to fail out of school <laughs> because yeah. I'm not getting my work done because I'm too busy trying to help everybody else get through school. It makes no sense. It's, it's self-destructive. I've been reading some different books and things. I'm trying to figure it out. I have some kind of a a weird uh, martyr slash self-destructive personality or something, right? It's like, I enjoy the feeling of helping someone else be successful more than my own success or something. I don't know. Is that a thing? Is what do you think of the concept that in other people succeeding, you are succeeding as well because you, you were a part, you're a part of that. And I'm listening to the things that you're saying and I'm writing down some notes. Am I living vicariously through them? Like, here you go, little bird, get out there and, and you know, out of the nest. So and like, what do you think of the concept that the stories that you tell yourself really, mm-hmm. you know, are a big foundation for the way your life comes out? If you keep mm-hmm. telling yourself that story, what are the probabilities that that's the way it's going to manifest itself for you? Well, I mean, honestly, part of that was, like I said, an epiphany I just had where I just was like, as I was trying to think of how to describe it, I just all of a sudden it hit me like, is this what I'm doing? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, a little self, self uh, exploration. So there do you do way. any writing or anything when you have thoughts like that where you can just? Um, I have a, like, a, well, it's a notebook. I just call it a journal, but it's just yeah. a notebook um, mm-hmm. where I started writing down certain things. I, I actually have a mentor that I meet with uh, once a week who is a, who's a software engineer. I actually met him through a guy he works with that I had met at a meetup. I've seen him at meetups since then, but we meet on Thursdays for about an hour. We have a Zoom meeting. Uh, we talk about, we'll do some coding. He'll show me some stuff. I'll show him what I'm working on. He's been very helpful. He's been very supportive, uh, kind of trying to help guide me of, uh, what can I be doing al- along this journey that's going to assist me when I get to the point where I want to, you know, start interviewing for jobs, things like that. He's a, he's a definitely a great person to have in my, on my team. Right. And he was telling me that he carries a notebook everywhere he goes. He just has these random thoughts or ideas or whether it's about something he wants to do on the side for coding or things he wants to do for self-improvement. He, he makes notes, makes notes. He said, because a lot of times you'll think of stuff and then later you get preoccupied and then you just, it's just like smoke. It's gone. Yeah. It write down everything. He says, what's the worst that happens? You have a notebook full of scribble that you, does it help you do anything? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> what's the, what's the worst that happens? You write it down and later it's like, ah, that wasn't that good, good of an so idea. Here's a little something that I think I figured out over time. And I also have, you know, I have the notebook <laughs> and yeah. I, I, I schedule my time to write in my journal. Cause I do have a journal and it's a journal that I bought. I said it was on sale one time and it's specifically a journal for men. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and it asks you how you're feeling that day. It asks you what your intentions are for that day. You know, which was the hour that you felt best. And then it'll ask you a prompt. It'll give you a question and you just start going off on that. That's one of the things I do is I actually schedule that in to my calendar, to my day, like it's work. It's like, that's a client I'm going to go see. Mm-hmm. The client I'm going to go see there is myself. But the reason I do that is because the way that I understand that the brain works, you know, people think of the brain as as like a a remembering machine, like it's a memory Mm -hmm. machine, but the brain is really (laughs) suboptimal. 
You know, it's not very good at remembering things. Mm -hmm. The way that it remembers things is that the brain likes to put patterns together. Mm -hmm. So when you get something out of your head and write it down, you can then read it again, which now reinforces the pattern. And if you keep doing that, you know, that's when you start, as they say, fleshing something out. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. like when I started this idea, it started with, you know, I just want to talk to people. I wrote that mm -hmm. down. What do you want to say to people? And the more that you keep reinforcing that pattern, mm -hmm. the better it gets. And if we think about just how biology works, like I started 10 years ago as a personal trainer. How does our body work? The way we get strong is to give it the pattern of more weight or more, more yoga, more whatever it is that your fitness philosophy is for you. Mm -hmm. The more that you do it, the more efficient you get at it what do you think you can do to start to establish more organization around, you know, your time that's for school? I also heard somebody else speak highly of you. So whatever you are doing is having an impact. Mm -hmm. It is having an impact. So don't stop doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you need to figure out how to do it more purposefully during the time that you set, like from here to here, this is what I'm doing. I think, I think part of it too is um, I am probably the poster child for do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> okay. So I'm the guy that can tell you how to fix your credit. Does okay. that mean my credit's immaculate? It's my credit's not, to be honest, yeah. my credit's not bad. It's just not yeah. like I don't have an 800, right? Yeah. I can tell you how to lose weight. I can <laughs> tell you how to uh, fix your finances, save money. I can tell you how to do a lot of stuff. Does that mean I'm doing it? Right. So, and that's, that's part of it too. Uh, I feel like sometimes I, I maybe I beat myself up because I'm not taking my own advice. Like uh, I've given people my, my advice on like time management and how to break your day down into 15 minute increments and go back and fill out a uh, time log and, and log exactly what you did every 15 minutes for, for a week, just to see where your time's really going. And, and, and I'll give people this, these nuggets you know, like yeah. this experience. And then I realized like, uh, I don't follow my own advice sometimes like, man. And then again, back to the feeling like a phony or hypocrite, right? Because mm -hmm. you're like, what am I doing? I know how to do this. Mm -hmm. And I had, I had got into a thing here. Oh, I don't know about six months ago where I really started getting into reading a lot of stoic uh, stoicism. Yeah. So Seneca, and really, Marcus yeah. Aurelius, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. Marcus Aurelius, uh, how to think like a Roman Empire emperor. Really, that mindset really clicked with me. Like I, I thought, man, all this time I, I, I'm a Stoic and I didn't even know it. Um, trying to use the mind over matter, mentally flip a switch in your head. Like I'm not going to let this bother me. Flip, flipping the switch. Like the power of the human mind and habits. How easy it is for bad habits to catch on, and how hard it is to get used to good habits and immediate gratification versus uh, waiting things out and, and uh, having patience for the good things. You eat healthy and in the long run, it works out good. You eat garbage, it tastes really good right now, but in the long, in, in, in the short term, you get the benefit, but in the long term, it's killing your body. So right? I'd like to plant a seed right here. There is no rule that says eating good doesn't taste good. <laughs> yeah, well, um, that's something I've learned too, even, uh, I don't know if I told you this when we talked last week about me doing the keto thing, right? Yeah. So I started doing keto, which is pretty common, I guess, with keto is because of the, the cutting out carbohydrates for the most part, you lose water weight. So you get a pretty fast return on your investment with yeah. as far as weight loss, right? You could like drop 10 pounds the first week or week. two. Yeah. Yeah. Just for water weight. And I saw pretty good results. And about the time I was getting in the habit 
which, you know, you know how it is, your, your eating habits start at the grocery store. Yeah. If you don't put it in your cart, you don't bring it home. The Oreos aren't in the cupboard. You're not going to eat the Oreos at home. Yeah. But if you put them in the cart and you take it home, there's eventually you're going to be eating those Pop-Tarts or those stupid things you should eat. Sure. So the first, the first battle of the war is to win the battle at the, with the grocery cart. <laughs> um, make sure you have the right stuff around you, the healthy stuff, which can be tough, especially if you're trying to live healthy because typically healthy means fresh, which means more trips more often to the store, which means more temptation while at the store when you're strolling past the bakery department to grab yeah. the apple turnovers, right? Mm -hmm. So it's all this weird big chess game between you and your brain and your habits. And, and willpower. And willpower. You have a crappy day, the you feel bad on yourself, and you know bad. what? I, I'm, a, I'm a nice person. I, I deserve an apple turnover. <laughs> and then all that sugar and all those carbs and all the calories and it kicks you out of ketosis. Yeah. And then for two days, you're trying to get back in ketosis and now you feel icky because your body's looking for carbs. And, uh, you know, the whole, the whole pattern. It's like you are trying to juggle all these different things. So that's a question here. I did want to ask you though. While you were doing keto though, how did your brain feel? How did your how did you think it affected your thoughts and your energy um, levels and all that? I, I I've heard people uh, I've heard different other other people reviews and comments about doing it to where uh, they felt like they're studying and there was more clarity and things like that. And uh, you know, once you're in ketosis and your body starts using ketones and looking for fat for fuels, it's like rocket fuel. And a lot of people even say they have more energy. I, I would say. Number one, when you when you when you have extra weight on you and you lose weight and your clothes start fitting a little better, it 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 emotionally or whatever makes you feel better. Yeah. Psychologically makes you feel better. Like, hey, look, hey, I'm you know, I'm, I, I had to add a new belt loop on my belt, right? I had to, I actually did. I had to cut a hole in my belt loop to give myself an extra loop, yeah, or an extra hole, right? Mm -hmm. And those things are like, yeah, that's right, I'm doing it, right? So there were times where I felt like wow, you know, this is, this is actually working and I don't feel bad or anything. I don't feel crappy, but I did notice that some of the, and maybe they were, maybe they were pre uh, diabetic type symptoms that were fading away that I didn't realize I had. But uh, I used to, uh, when I worked for, like for AT&T, there was times I had to drive in my truck for 45 minutes. Yeah. And by the time I parked and got out, when I put my feet hit the ground, I felt like somebody had hit me in the feet with hammers. Like I felt like I felt every bone in my each yeah. foot, like just ached. Yeah. And I noticed when I was doing the keto and I was getting off the carbs and I'm sure it was cause of the less uh, anti-inflammatories. Yeah. yeah. That um, I didn't, didn't feel that anymore. You still have to make sure you're hydrated and then your salt intake and things like that because uh, electrolytes and salt, you know, yeah. you're, you're going to uh, wash a lot of that out with the, with, without the water retention and all that stuff. So, there's a balance to it. I felt like I slept better. I noticed that I hadn't, I hadn't got, I, I wasn't getting sick. Like usually about once a year, I get some kind of like a bronchitis or a sinus infection. I do have allergies and things. You don't like want one. Time. You don't want that right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, do what you uh, got to do to stay healthy right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I know it's all interrelated, interconnected to your immune system and things like that. And um, I, I am allergic to mold and pollen. So like this time of year, yeah, right. Tree pollen, especially, it's but spring. I used to work for the, I used to work for the phone company and I climbed telephone poles. I was up in the branches sometimes in between, you know, trying to run wire and stuff, uh, crawled under houses. And trust me, there is mold under houses. And I felt like uh, once I got in that pattern and I developed that new habit and that new daily uh, routine, 
like, okay, bacon and eggs and a bulletproof coffee for breakfast, uh, water, lunch. If I didn't pack a lunch and I had to go through somewhere, I could go through Wendy's and get a, uh, a hamburger or a piece of chicken with an avocado, you know, keep it simple yeah. because a lot of people don't realize they think, Oh, you're eating fat to lose weight. It makes no sense. Yeah. But fat yeah. is more yeah. filling. Yeah. And so you, you can eat fat. less, yeah. you eat less, hit enough fats. And all of a sudden you're like, your stomach's like, I'm good. So as long as I can make it through the day and get home. And then I was trying to incorporate the intermittent fasting kind of in there where. So what okay, was your window that you were trying to use? That was the tough part because when you go to work, if you try to eat breakfast, so you have something, so you don't attempt to eat the garbage, the, the window was don't eat until after 2 p.m. Okay. And then eat anything I eat, but don't eat anything later than uh, 8 p.m. I think it was 2, two to 8. So, yeah, so to eight. basically, yeah, I would skip breakfast, have a bulletproof coffee. For 18 hours. Yeah. So coffee with a little MCT oil and a pat of butter. Okay. And a little bit of liquid stevia because I just, I can't do the black coffee. Sorry, I got to have something in there. That oil, the MCT oil and the butter would kind of help me feel a little full. And then I would try to prolong taking lunch until like as long as I could wait. So how did that make you feel taking the bulletproof? Like how, how were your energy um, levels? Uh, it wasn't bad because to be honest, I've always been the kind of person my whole life where I usually skipped breakfast. I used to have stomach issues as a kid. And when I first get up in the morning, I just didn't. It just never felt right to have food on my stomach. Yeah. But come around lunchtime, 11, 30, 12 o'clock, my stomach's like, er, you know? So I felt like with the bulletproof coffee and getting a little bit of that MCT oil and the butter in there, that helped at least curb that a little bit. And then I tried to start drinking more water to where when I did start getting to where my stomach was growling, I would just try to keep prolonging it by drinking more water. Then two o'clock come around. Uh, if I had packed the lunch, um, I started making chaffles. Uh, you take a little waff iron and you mix uh, <clears throat> its egg with whatever. It could be tuna, salmon, just uh, uh, broccoli and cauliflower, whatever you want to put in it, uh, and cheese. And you mix it all up, almost make a batter, and you put them on the waff iron and you press them into these little like, waffles. And then you can eat them all through the day. I, I can eat them cold, whatever. Yeah. And they can be whatever you want to be in them as long as they're you know keto-friendly stuff, right? So it's not a perfectly clean keto, but it's definitely better than a cheeseburger on a bun with ketchup and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so chaffles. And then uh, you know at night, you get the little craving for like snacking, you know, a handful of almonds, pork rinds. And that yeah, that's like one. one of my go-to keto snacks is pork rinds with avocado just yeah they just go good avocado is avocado i I wish man yeah they just getting them the timing on avocados yeah it always frustrates like you get them it's like oh this one's not ready yet and then you put it to the side and then a few days later you go to use it you're like ah i missed the window so you know i have a suggestion for you yeah maybe a day maybe or two before they're ready put them in the refrigerator Okay. And that kind of just halts them right there. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. And they say, I buy avocados and they're on sale. I'll buy the whole bunch. Wait till they're where I like them, throw them in the refrigerator. Oh, okay. And that holds them longer. Is there a way, because I know it seems like once you cut them open and, and take them, they, they start to bruise like a banana, right? They start yeah. to go brown. Well, once you cut it open, just take it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take it I mean, down. dude, I'll straight up, I'll put, I'll put sliced avocado like in a, like a uh, lettuce wrap or whatever, and I'll just straight up eat them. I, yeah. I, I love uh, even guacamole. And you know, avocados are a lot more versatile than people give them credit for, because you can put them in a smoothie. You can put them in a shake. You can make them I sweet, made, savory. You can do all types of things with them. I made 
cho- chocolate cookies yeah with avocados it was just straight up avocado you add the cocoa and the the, the sweetener or whatever and you literally bake them in the oven and they look like a chocolate chocolate chip cookie kind of thing and it was it was avocado that's what it was there was no flour or nothing in it so yeah you know that avocados yeah. are the keto they, master <laughs> yeah it, it really is i also eat uh i know it grosses some people out but um i eat smoked oysters that'll do good things for your libido yeah <laughs> i thought it was and they have they're very nutrient-dense oysters you nothing know, like, better than a good libido during the lockdown you know, the the canned ones, I mean, vitamin D, uh, omega omega 3s and stuff. You got to be careful though, because most of them are in cottonseed oil, which is not yeah. the best oil to have, right? But I think they're tasty. And when I'm getting that craving late at night where I feel like, man, I just kind of want to eat something, a uh, can of sardines or a can of smoked oysters and that protein, it just seems like it kind of goes right in your stomach. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm good. Drink some water, go to bed. Uh, so I think a lot of it is um, getting a plan, uh, finding uh, substitutions and alternatives like, uh, like if you like potatoes and mashed potatoes, well, uh, it takes a little experimentation. Cauliflower, but mashed, cauliflower, yeah. cauliflower. Uh, get it to where you puree it up. Yeah, um, with some coconut, and you can mm-hmm. make it a little. You can get it more, at a good consistency for sure. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. then uh, and even like I know sour cream's typically sp- technically supposed to be kind of okay for keto, but even for people in general trying to do like a low fat diet or something, uh, plain yogurt is similar in consistency to sour cream. And if you're eating a baked potato, which I know yeah. in keto, you wouldn't be, if you make a chicken tacos or something, little dab of like plain cream, yogurt yeah. and it, that texture and consistency, you don't really think about it because then you get the salsa and the cheese and different stuff and you're eating it. And in your brain, it's like, oh, I still have my sour cream. So that, that was the good stuff about keto. Yeah. The bad part was when I started doing the coaching job and working remote pre-COVID, right? Found myself in a very sedentary so between doing my schoolwork on the computer and doing my coaching job on a computer and then i would go to aldi's or something and i would find myself picking up a box of pop tarts Mm. or uh the trail mix like uh oh my gosh there was this one trail mix they have it's got dehydrated cherries with chunks of like uh the salty dark chocolate cashews and all this all this yeah. stuff is obviously horrible for you for keto but just taste it's that so sweet good. salty thing yeah oh mm-hmm. it's so good and i would have it i think oh well every once in a while if i just eat, eat a little pinch of this or whatever whatever right well the you thing is that, that that's going to get the hypoglycemia going which is going to make you hungrier and yeah. make you want more and if you're sitting here preoccupied and you keep reaching for a handful you turn around twice and you've eaten a whole bag of it well so i'm going to uh, i'm going to plant calories. another seed for you here Okay. <laughs> you never want a carb load for a desk job. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. So I, I trust Write me. that down somewhere. So next time I, you want to grab it when you're sitting there, be like, write this down. Unless yeah. I'm going to go do some sprints later. Yeah. <laughs> or something. No, I, 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 I knew when I was doing it, it was wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew when I had a box of Pop Tarts sitting over here yeah. off, to the, off the camera that at any time, because what would happen is I would be hungry. And instead of stopping what I'm doing and going downstairs and finding a, a, a can of tuna fish or, or something, whatever, I would eat a Pop-Tart. So I have and an, if you uh, know anything about Pop-Tarts, yeah. there's no nutritional value in a Pop-Tart. No, it's whatsoever. all carbs and sugar. Nothing. So different. what it sounds like you just said in a different type of way, in a different perspective was, or because you didn't have the practice on those days of going to the kitchen and being mindful, practicing mindfulness about what you're eating you default to mindlessness 
which is just yep. the first thing you can and, and and it and it goes back even further than that like I was talking about before the first the first battle was at the grocery store when I put those pop tarts in the cart and then you get to this point where you start to um you start to feel guilty and then you're just like what does it matter at this point I've already screwed up and then instead of putting a box of pop tarts in your cart you put two boxes of pop tarts because they were you know, buy one get one but, well yeah what happens <laughs> when i run out of the first one so then i'm out of pop tarts and i'm not going to come all the way back to the store so then you start slipping away from the good habits that you've you've built up to and then you find yourself slid right back into now all of a sudden it's like well yeah just mashed potatoes is fine um yeah oh, a little bit of rice ain't gonna hurt me oh these are instead of chicken tenders these are breaded chicken tenders and that's yeah. okay and all those things those different ways of coping with how to find food to eat when you're like well as long as there's no breading no sauce on the side unless it's this or this right uh if it's salad that's fine if i use blue cheese because there's hardly any carbs in blue cheese but i don't yeah. use ranch and all these yeah. different little little check marks and rules you make and all of a sudden once you fall off the wagon, it's like pff, anything goes. It's like it doesn't matter. I'm a, ice cream, sure. Let me do some ice cream. And he turned around twice, and the and the thirty pounds that I had lost in keto. From my side, you not only do you not even look like you're forty seven. You don't look. You look <laughs> younger than that. Your well, demeanor is definitely younger than that. But you don't look like you're in the two fifties or forties or thirties. Yeah, you look now. I got the like I got the dad bod going there. Like, <laughs> uh, and I've had people tell me that too. They're like, "Hey, you know, you look like you've taken care of yourself." And uh, I would have never guessed you to be two sixty or something. And and it'd be different if I was, you know, six foot three, right? I'm yeah. five nine. Yeah, I'm five yeah. nine, and, and currently probably about and probably about two fifty something. And it, it, it's a perfect example of why I look at my scenario and I'm like, "Man, I'm, am I squandering?" I mean, I don't want to say genetics. I'm not saying we have good genetics, but uh, my on my dad's side, we naturally have like, like I have 17 inch calves. I have friends that have worked out their entire life and they have chicken legs and they would kill to have 17 inch calves. And mine are like, they're just there. <laughs> you know, It's not like I fall, climb, run up steps a hundred times a day or something. They're just so you, genetically there. You say you're living in Ohio? Mm -hmm. Columbus, Ohio. But West Side Barbell is one of the meccas of powerlifting. Oh yeah. So if you wanted to surround yourself <laughs> with some people. Yeah. Um, get you I, motivated. I never got in I, I never got into um I, I hurt my uh left rotor cuff yeah. in high school for wrestling. West Side Barbell, Columbus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go there. Uh, I have not been there yet. Now I don't have a powers lifter's body, but I'll walk in there and do what I can. Yeah. <laughs> but well, if you have I'm a power lifter once body. they open once they yeah. open back up, I, yeah. I haven't done that. Um, but like I've told people before, like, they're like, well, you know, I'm 165 pounds. And if you're 260, you're obviously in the obese category. It's like, man, if I lost a hundred pounds to be 160, I would look yeah, yeah. like yeah. a Halloween costume. You know <laughs> what I mean? Uh, these are my shoulders, no yeah. matter what I do, you know, like in an apartment or places you go, or even a hotel, do you ever like you're stiff or you're sore and you just want to take a hot bath, right? Yeah. Epsom salt, yeah, oils, whatever the heck you want to, whatever you use. And if I would go in one of those little apartment type shower slash bathtub things, I fill up the bathtub. And when I went to go to lay back, my shoulders go on the sides. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I am, I am wide enough. Yeah. I can't, I, I'm like, I'm like squeezed in the, I'm in the tub like this just to yeah. fit. Even in my 
best fitness days of my life. Oh man, I guess I was in my late twenties, mid to late twenties, and I was taking a kickboxing class. Yeah, and just the cardio from that kickboxing class. And you've probably seen this before, right? You have people that they either want to see results too quickly, yeah, or they go with the program, and all of a sudden one day they're like, I looked in the mirror and I realized it's like, what is that? It's like are those my abs? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like sometimes people, it sneaks up on them to where they don't realize it and they see an old picture of themselves and a current picture and they're like, holy crap, this is what I, this is what I really looked like. This is what I look like now. And they're so used to seeing that face in the mirror or that body in the mirror that when that body, your face starts to change, they don't recognize it. I, I go back on my YouTube channel and see some older videos and my face, I can see it in my face. I've got the, yeah. the swelling, jowl. right? Yeah. The jowl. Yeah then I'd look at a newer video and I was like, wow, I can actually see it. I can see my cheekbones. I can see my jawline more, you know, different things. And, um, I use that, I use an analogy too, when I talk to people about coding, when people are learning to code, you kind of have to give yourself these small victories. And I'm not talking about participation trophies, but I mean, you really have to give yourself credit for when you make progress because you can't beat yourself up for not making progress fast enough. But if you have that, those tiny little trophies on that shelf behind you, and just remember that, okay, maybe you had a bad week. Maybe you slipped up. You went to somebody's birthday party or had a couple drinks or something. It was New Year's Eve or had a piece of birthday cake or something. You know, you can, you can pick, you can recover from that. Think about how you feel now compared to a week or two ago, how, you, how your clothes are fitting, how you feel, your complexion, your skin, your, your, you haven't been sick think about all those positive little trophies, you know, and give yourself, it's okay to give yourself a little yeah, pat on the back because sure. you bettered yourself instead of beating yourself up so bad for messing up. And I think it's the same thing with coding. I talk to people that have been trying to learn for you know a couple months and they're thinking about going to a boot camp, but they don't feel like they've learned enough yet. And it's like, I'll ask them like, have you done some HTML? Yeah. 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 Have you done some CSS? Yeah. Working on JavaScript. Yeah. I'm learning JavaScript right now. It's tough, but I'm learning it. Uh-huh. Have you done any projects or anything? Well, I put together this little web page thing and it's not the greatest. I'm like, three weeks ago, what did you know about any of this? Oh, nothing. Yeah. It's like, look what you've done. That's it. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's beginner stuff, but it's still look what you have accomplished just over two or three weeks that you never knew anything about a month ago. There was um there was a lady, I want to call her a girl because she's she's so energetic and nice and stuff. I think of her as a girl, not a, yeah. not a lady, right? Not I mean, yeah. uh, Keisha, Keisha Lake, they did a podcast with her. They did a YouTube video with her a year ago. She had no idea what JavaScript was. She'd heard about learning to code and stuff like that. She went to boot camp. She did like a full-time kind of a fast five months in your face type thing. Last December, she got a job working remote. She lives in Atlanta, but she got a remote job working for Stitch Fix. You know, the company, that, the app yeah. with the clothing and stuff. Yeah making like almost a hundred grand for her first job. A year ago, she was working as a um, receptionist at a clinic or something. Never even knew what JavaScript was. So when I meet these people that have this initiative and they really want to better themselves and they really want to change their life, you know, that's one thing I've always said, like you can't expect your life to change. You have to be a big motivator in that happening. You're not going to wake up Monday morning and, and the luck, the luck fairy has showed up and just waved this little wand and all of a sudden, now everything's right, right, and your your health is better, and your uh, financial situation is better. It's like you have to, you have to, you have to recognize what can be changed and what can't be changed, right? Even like the yeah. old, uh, what is the 
Yeah. We, we smudge, we, uh, this smudge the Alcoholics Anonymous <laughs> motto thing, but yeah. have to know the power to change what you can and yeah. the wisdom whatever. to know the difference between them both. Yes. To me, and it's just based on what I've read and know, that sounds a lot like a very stoic, stoic yeah. thought to me, right? Uh, that's what I think attracted me to learning more about, you know, stoicism and things is I, I have a brother who stresses over everything everything. If he doesn't have an ulcer, he's, he's working on one. Right. And I try to tell him, Hey man, there's nothing you can do about that. You can plan for the worst, hope for the best, all that stuff. You can try to be prepared. You can try to whatever, but to sit here and stress and worry and get yourself upset about what could possibly maybe happen. You're giving yourself the negative effects of that happening without it even possibly happening. If it happens, that's terrible. But if it doesn't happen, you just gave yourself 50% of the damage. Yeah, from the hormonal cascade that you gave yourself. Yeah. The raising of the cortisol, the losing of good sleep, the yeah. know, it makes you want to eat Blood worse. Pressure, and the dominoes keep tick, tick, tick. Yep. And, um, and I think a lot of, if there was ever going to be somebody to like crack the secret code, right, of what to make yourself the happiest or the, the best person you can be in life and everything, I think some of that mentality is definitely part of it we're all on this big spinning rock in the middle of infinity in the middle of you're infinity, only, <laughs> and you're only here for so long. Yeah. In this form, because the in energy goes on. Right. Every energy never, it never stops. I, the I energy goes on your relationships with the people around you. And, and some, a lot of times the, the relationships that you choose to have interesting, I grew up in Pittsburgh and my dad worked in a steel mill and we lived in a neighborhood of other like, like-minded people that were, excuse me, blue collar, blue collar families, whether it be uh, the steel mill, mostly uh, the railroad, those industry type things. Yeah. There was a part of town where some of the kids where their families had, you know, they owned the businesses and uh, were doctors and lawyers and things. You always, every town's got that, right? Get the certain part of town where the, I don't say the rich kids live, but the people that are doing a little bit better. And we lived in a straight up neighborhood, like the houses, the row houses sitting side by side. You know, my dad worked in a steel mill for 22 years. He actually bought a house right down in front of the mill where he literally walked out the front door and walked about three blocks right into the gates of the mill. And when the steel mill went under, I don't know, I think it was like 50,000 people progressively throughout the whole industry lost their jobs. So it wasn't like, hey, this one company over here went under the entire industry yeah. of what kept the, the entire sector. valley. Yeah. Yeah. So sector. there were people that got out of Dodge. They loaded up the family. They moved to you know, Detroit, Arizona, or Michigan, where, where, wherever, wherever the jobs, yeah, wherever were, right? the blue collar jobs are. Yeah. And you know, you have a lot of family, thick family ties uh, with a lot of the ethnic European uh, immigrant type families, the Italians and the Croatians, Slovaks and Hungarians and people that are family, like they don't, you don't move away from your parents, right? You, you, some of them even live in the same house, like right. New York, yeah. New Jersey people, That's there's like three generations. Type yeah. Yeah. They're very yeah. much similar. You got three generations, four generations, sometimes living in the same house. Right. Yeah. Like with our situation, my dad had invested so much time in, in, in blood, sweat and tears and stuff in the house and moving there in his job. And he just assumed my brothers and I would all end up working in the steel mill too and all this stuff. He refused to, to abandon it. It wasn't anything great, but it was, it was his. Yeah. And unfortunately well, he, he worked turned for to, it. <laughs> he he worked turned to, um, 
like a lot of people did. He turned to alcohol. Yeah. So he's already he's already a drinker anyway, but he really went further with alcohol. And um, he had the opportunity, just like anybody pretty much does, more or less, to pack up and get out. But he he chose not to. And he was my age, actually a couple years younger than I am right now when all this happened. And I can't imagine at my age right now just giving up. Yeah. I can't imagine living out the rest of my life and not having tried something else, tried to better myself, whether it's better myself mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, just to stop game over, unplug it, turn it off, sit back and just wait it out. Right. He passed away last July. He actually made it to 79. He had a birthday on a Friday and died the next Tuesday, the day before 4th of July. Uh-huh. Smoker, drinker on oxygen, had, had strokes, emphysema, it just used to make me sad to think of how he never really tried to educate himself, better himself. It was almost like he had just paused his life at a certain point where his, his high life of his life at a certain point in his life, this was, this was what he attained and he was proud of him and wanted to be, you know, his happy time, watch football on Sunday. Yeah. Go work your jobs, go fishing every once in a while. Um, you know, simple life. Me personally, I just can't, uh, I can't sit still. Like, I feel like I have to constantly be like my audible, <laughs> my audible library is just like, yeah. sort of stuff. and it's all could, over the place too. I should probably cancel my, mem- my membership because for a while, have, yeah, but credits. Wow, because I have so many credits and so many yeah. books that I haven't gotten to. So I did that before I put, I stopped mine for a while. And then waited till I used all the credits and then signed back up again. Yeah. That's actually probably not a bad idea. Yeah. Especially now. No, when you right now. Use that, yeah, I've been you thinking use that extra 12 bucks a month. Yeah. Audible's great though, because you can be driving around listening. You can be at the gym listening. You can be mowing the grass listening. I even listen to some stuff and fall asleep at night. I feel like you have, if you immerse yourself, if you are wanting to get into technology, if you're wanting to uh, lose weight, if you're wanting to quit smoking, if you're wanting to get uh, uh, to detox your body, I think those those topical uh, uh, subjects, those topics. If you're surrounding yourself with stuff more, if, if the last thing you hear when you're falling asleep at night is a discussion about diet, nutrition, things like that, I think those are things that subconsciously are going to be more on your mind, and you're even going to dream about stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you fill yourself with garbage, you know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Netflix and you know, even the Disney channel or the Disney uh, streaming and uh, Amazon uh, prime video and all that. There's some great stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, no, there's and, no, and you don't always have to be content. That's for yeah. Sure. And, and being entertained does not always require you to be educated. Right. So you don't yeah. have to actually learn anything to be entertained. You just, sometimes you just need to laugh or yeah, cry. Right? Sure. A lot of it is being open-minded enough to, to, to realize that there's always room to grow even if you've got a, a, a good job and you're making good money and your family and you're happy, married, kids, I still feel like there's always room for improvement of some ways. Or if nothing else, keeping in practice, keep your knife yeah. sharp. Well, so we're, we're dynamic beings. And there's a, a concept that to echo off what you were saying on immersing yourself in something and to connect what we were saying earlier about how the brain works. You know, there's four stages of competency. Have you ever heard of the four stages of competency? Uh Uh-uh. So the first stage is basically you are unconsciously incompetent, which means you don't know that you don't know. 
right? So it's, right. Sure. it's not even on your radar. The second stage is you are now consciously incompetent, that you realize you don't know, and then it's up to you to decide, do I want to become competent in this thing or not, which is where mm -hmm. you need to begin the immersion of whatever it is you want to get good at. Right. Once you decide, okay, I want to immerse myself in that, you get to the third stage where eventually you are consciously competent. Mm -hmm. But your brain, because it's a pattern machine, wants to get to the point where it is unconsciously competent, where it can do it so efficiently that it doesn't even really need to think about it. That makes a lot of sense. And you have a lot of competencies from what we're saying here today. You got to focus on one of them at a time until they become unconsciously competent and mm -hmm. then you go to the other one. As for like your keto story, there also needs to be a break. So I'm going to do keto, you know, tomorrow is May. On May 1st, I start. Mm -hmm. On Memorial Weekend, which is at the end of May, you know what? I'm going to celebrate that I did all this and that I built a better habit and I'm going to have my cake, whatever, for that weekend. When I work with clients, I always try to give them an end to something. I don't say, oh, yeah. let's just do this. And when that end comes, we celebrate. Because I think when I was on your, on your call the other day for the coding or for the JavaScript, that we spoke about allowing yourself to be in kindergarten. And that's echoing what you said earlier, right? Mm -hmm. That when you mess up, it's, it's much better if you think about it like, oh, I'm learning something. I'm supposed to mess up. And the analogy I like to give is if a kindergartner walks into the room and starts singing the ABCs wrong, would we be upset at them? And for the most part, we wouldn't because they're learning something. So right. if they came in and started singing A, B, D, and we're like, oh, no, no, that's not the way it is. It's actually like this. We'd actually start singing with them. Mm -hmm. So not only did we point out that there was a mistake, but we pointed it out with a positive reinforcement. Like, oh, you, you know, you're trying. You're trying yeah. to figure it out. And this is the way. And if you keep doing it, you're going to get it. And you will become unconsciously competent on your alphabet, which will then lead to the next step of whatever you can do. So from what I'm hearing here, you have a lot of those things in place. It's just about focusing on... Mm -hmm trying to get and then committing, like putting a doubt in the calendar and saying, you know, from this time to this time, this is what it is. It's funny. It's funny you said that because I was just telling my sister the other day, I'm like, you know, <laughs> if I could just go mark it on the calendar, just go two weeks and eat eggs and bacon and then breakfast and yeah. make sure I do this and this and only eat this and salmon and Brussels sprouts and all the stuff I like to eat anyway. Yeah. And just, and just, just put a little time on it. Like two weeks. That's all. Just got to make it for two weeks That's it. and no carbs, no potatoes, no whatever. I'm like, that's probably all I need to just get the jump started again. You know, yeah. pop the clutch, get the car started again. You know what you it might want to try? What's the that? autoimmune protocol. See, so now you did keto. There's infinity amounts of things you can try. And you never mm -hmm. know how your body is going to respond to them. When I try to talk to my clients and say, okay, we're going to do this. I try to plant the seeds of this is a science experiment. And if we want mm -hmm. this experiment to come out correctly, we got to see it through. And, you, do, you know, try to plant the seeds of curiosity of how is this going to even turn out? It will turn out like something. <laughs> it will turn out and you will learn well, I, something. I have literally read volumes of research and exercise is the one thing that comes over and over you want to lower your probabilities of alzheimer's do exercise you want to lower your probabilities of having diabetes do exercise you want to lower your probabilities of having cardiovascular disease do exercise exercise literally is the number one tool that anybody can use 
they were saying even people that are like trying to recover from COVID and I'm not saying go out there, you know, try to do 45 minutes on the elliptical no. when you come, but, but um, you little by little you build yourself up. You don't accept mm-hmm. that. Oh, my lungs just got destroyed by this disease. Maybe I should just lay down and do nothing the rest of my life. You can mm-hmm. do that. Again, you have the option and choice to do whatever sure. you want. Uh, I, I knew a guy or I guess technically I still know him. I haven't talked to him for years, but so my brother's first marriage, uh, his father-in-law, his family, Anyway, uh, he's part Native American, or he's got he's pretty good percentage Native American, and his genetically uh, his dad's side they had had uh, typically the males didn't make it past fifty five with heart conditions for some reason. His dad, his uncles, whatever. So he was getting closer to, or he was around that age. We used to go play basketball a lot, and he was he was hilarious. He's a shorter little guy, but he had this little this little fade little hook shot that he would do. He would step back. <laughs> And do this little this little hook with his arm, and he would hit it so often. And we'd be playing on this court, and we had these guys that were like six foot three, six foot four, sometimes big dudes, towering guys. And they would he would come up, and they would come in on him, and he would do that little step back and that little hook, and they would get so mad because they're just like this little guy. I should be able to just come up and just bury this guy, right? Mm. And his name's Jerry. <laughs> so so he he was just he's just a trip. Well, uh, it was a bunch of us. Um, I have family, distant cousins that have land down further south in Oklahoma, and people would go down there different weekends. A bunch of people come down and ride motorcycles. They had a lot of gravel roads, stuff. They had strip pits and different things. It was just a thing to go cook out and whatever. People bring their bikes, and it was just a community thing. It was like probably 12, 14 guys riding their bikes. Uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't there that weekend. My brother, my brother was there. And um, Jerry was riding he he hadn't been riding a motorcycle too too much recently and it was this a young kid that was like a teenager who was just kind of getting used to being new at it so they pull up to a, a crossroads in gravel it kicks up all this gravel dust so you can't see and everybody goes like left well, jerry pulls up to this intersection and before he doesn't know which direction to go he's listening for the bikes to see which one waiting for the gravel dust to come down and this other kid comes flying up behind him, sees him at the last second, tries to stop, slides his bike, slams it into his bike, oh. and smashes his Jerry's leg in between the two bikes. Hmm. So it destroys his leg, like the peg of the side on the side, right into it. So they go get a truck, throw Jerry in the back of the truck, and the closest hospital down there is Fort Smith, Arkansas, which is like not even close, right? They take him all the way there. Fort Smith takes a look at him. They try to, you know, to patch him up, whatever. They can't do it. They can't do much for him. So they life fight him all the way back to Tulsa. Yeah. He has seven surgeries. They end up taking his leg off below the knee, about okay. this far below the knee. Three weeks after this. Now, keep in mind, he's Native American mostly. Yeah. So he's got a, an Indian card. He can use the Indian hospital. Yeah. He's waiting on and getting a prosthetic leg made. He shows up. My brothers and I went to play par three golf. Jerry shows up. He wants to play. Okay. He hops out of the car. He takes a cardboard box for a printer that says Epson or HP or something on it. We get a golf cart and we played par three and he would put his stump down on this, on this box and play. He beat two of us. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> then it even gets, the story gets better. I promise. <laughs> He goes to, there's a pawn shop and there's a leg hanging in the window. And it says to some 
some spiel like we'll 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 pawn anything right there's a leg like a, a prosthetic leg hanging in the window so he goes in there and he asks the guy how much for the leg and the guy goes oh man that's just like you know kind of a, a gimmick you know like hey we'll pawn anything right he goes well can i try it on the guy goes sure and from what i understand you know prosthetics are custom yeah fit, they're right? custom yeah right he tries this on and it apparently was close enough of a fit he says, I want it. How much? And the guy, I don't know if he gave it to him, if he gave it to him cheap, I don't know. He goes and he's playing basketball with a prosthetic leg. He got at a pawn shop wearing a tennis shoe on the end of it while he's waiting on his customer to do. And because of his playing style, he's sitting there limping and wobbling around, yeah. dribbling the basketball, trying to figure People it would out. Come up him <laughs> and he would step back and do that little hook. <laughs> and I'm telling you what, that guy, if that isn't a, a, a perfect example of the whole never give up, and he eventually got the custom prosthetic and stuff like that. And as far as I know, last I heard, he still play ba- plays basketball and does different stuff. He had to sell his motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as a matter of fact, half of the guys in that in that group that were down there after that happened that day, their wives and whatever, yeah, half of them probably end up so selling motorcycles. Uh, and I'm just sharing that story because yeah. I know the guy firsthand. I know it's a true story. It's just so it's like you can't make that stuff up and. And I feel like, what are all the other options he could have done? Well, he could have practiced not persevering. He could have sat there and felt sorry for himself. Yeah. He could have had somebody else roll him around in a wheelchair. I mean, and I'm not saying that people that, that are out there yeah. being pushed around in a wheelchair. Yeah, that we don't know not, everybody's story. But right. He but didn't use it as an excuse. Person, he yes. could have he could have had plenty of excuses. Jerry would be a good guy to get on a podcast. Yeah, well sometime. you could you tell him I'm ready to, to interview yeah. him whenever he's I ready. haven't talked to him in years, but I think my brother still talks to him. I'll see what I can do. I would love he to is. hear that story of that much perseverance. I think that's a good place to end it because what better to end this podcast on than the message of perseverance? Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Um, I enjoy talking about good, positive things with anybody because if anything, it helps me clarify my own uh, center, you know, where where I'm at and how I look at things and knowing that there's other people that share, you know, like-minded thoughts about positivity and things like that. um, It makes me realize that I'm not just making stuff up in my head. I I used to end when I was doing my YouTube videos, I used to end uh, do something nice for somebody, say something nice to somebody. And then I went a while where I wasn't doing videos and I realized I did a couple of videos and I forgot to say that. And then I started saying it again at the end, but it's almost like there are certain things that are obvious, but you still sometimes need a reminder. Like even saying please and thank you. Yeah. They become, they become a habit and you say it. And then sometimes you realize like, Oh, you know what? I haven't been saying thank you to people or whatever. It's like sometimes mm-hmm. you just need those little reminders. And I think keeping this stuff, um, keeping this discussion, these kind of discussions going or, or a mental reminder. You could be a good person and try to be a good person, but sometimes you have to be kind of reminded yeah, for sure. to keep to, to why you're doing you it, keep doing it. The habit. So with that, yeah. so yeah, remember what he just said, and I'm going to end it with, thank you for sharing your time and attention with me because time and attention is the greatest gift we can give to each other. So with that, until the next episode of wait, See you on the flip side. Wow. Thank you, man. I appreciate it.